New Disciple Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. I'm Father Nicholas Pierce. I'm Sister Mary Helen. And I'm Catholic Andy. <laughs> Catholic Andy. <laughs> we have a new member. The voice of the podcast, and now he's got a he's he's got a he's got a DJ name because we've given it Andrew the control of the of the of the podcast today. So, uh, but welcome back. It's it's been Too six long. weeks. Mm-hmm. We almost uh, we're forgetting how to do. Yes, this. <laughs> we sat down and went. What do we do now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, welcome back to the You Disciple podcast. Uh, after the the winter break here in Melbourne for most of our university students, what have you been up to? Lots of things. We went hiking. We've been painting. We've gone to random movies. <laughs> yeah, we've been to IKEA maybe four or five times, <laughs> at least. And. Yeah. Catholic Andy, you're you're expecting a baby in the next two weeks. Yes, yes. How exciting is that? <laughs> yeah, at, literally at any moment now, because I think it's I think we've hit thirty eight weeks, um, which is basically full term. So just waiting for the call um, on standby, ready to rush over to the hospital. So, so if the phone goes off during the podcast, you're yep, just going to run <laughs> and <Yeah>. leave us. <laughs> I actually saw, and I haven't done this in a very long time. I saw the same movie twice at the cinemas. Let me guess. Top was time. it The Rise of Gru? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen The Rise of Gru yet. Oh. Um, and I haven't seen Lightyear yet. I want to mm. see Lightyear. But it was, Andrew, Top, top Gun. Top Gun. Top is it that good? It, it is that good. There's not many movies I would go to twice. Yeah. Um, but it was it was great. And it was pretty wholesome, actually. Like, as a modern movie goes. Better um, than the first one? Yeah, I think it was, actually. And, and like, as sequels go, uh, enough references to the first one without it just being like overdone mm. the music was great like and one of those movies that you get in the car and you uh find the, the soundtrack the on Sp- spotify so driving along the freeway sort of with the top gun music going the rise of Gru was very good except i went with my nephews yeah and people around me thought that i had come dressed for the movie <laughs> <laughs> because there is a character in there nunchuck who's <laughs> in my habit but she carries nunchuck oh i've got to see it now <laughs> i didn't realize that it was pretty funny they were pretty pretty proud of me that's, yes. that's great um and winter is definitely here it's pretty cold here in melbourne i know we generally start Things we always do is talk about the weather, like it's safe, it's safe. Mm. But it's it's freezing here in Melbourne at the moment. So if you're if you're listening on the tram on the way to uni on the first week of classes, I uh, hope you got your your jacket on and your scarf and things like that. But it is uh, we're heading back to the first week back for most of our students after the the long mid year break. So hoping that you you all got a little bit relaxed and refreshed. Uh, and you're ready to start second semester. It's true. But there's some really exciting things obviously happening here in Melbourne and uh, in particular for university students. And, of course, the first is that next week or this week when this comes out will be the the, the launching of JP2 House. We're actually recording live from. Live from. from. <laughs> we've, we've moved uh, from our old studio into our new studio here at JP2 House on 169 Graddon Street, Carlton, uh, so guys, what do you, like, for people who haven't been here yet, um, it's obviously something completely new for the church in Melbourne. What are you thinking? I love it. 
Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting, especially being someone who's worked in a, a JP2 center before. I think JP2 house just seems very uh, welcoming and inviting, and mm-hmm. especially all the work that we've put into this, and uh, thankfully to the Archbishop for um, supporting this as well. I think it's just an exciting time to be a university student. Yeah. So if you've got no idea what we're talking about, last uh, at the end of last semester, the Archbishop here um, decided to to invest more heavily into university chaplaincy and has has got us a property here uh, right in the heart of the city. Uh, f- so really close to the University of Melbourne, pretty close to RMIT, close enough to ACU, but also um, a home for all students, mm-hmm. especially if you live in the area or you're looking for somewhere to find other Catholic students to study. Because we're aware that so many of you are doing classes online, so many of you aren't having that real university experience. So the Archbishop was really keen to to create an environment where Catholic students could come together and be supported and really build that sort of home-like atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's a wonderful building. We've got classrooms. We've got a kitchen. You've got a coffee maker. A coffee machine, <laughs> um, ovens, microwaves, everything to heat up your lunch, a student lounge, Nintendo Switch. Andrew and I... Um, had a bit of a go at Mario Kart yesterday. Um, <laughs> of course, it was a cooking game. Oh, yeah. Overcooked. overcooked. Well. Yep. So if you've, if you've never played Overcooked, come and uh, challenge <laughs> us in there. Um, of course, there's a beautiful chapel. It's um, lovely. So there'll be daily mass here every day throughout the week and then some study spaces and small group spaces as well. So um, a really wonderful um, opportunity for, for students and a new opportunity. So... As you mm-hmm. said, Andrew, big uh, shout out to the Archbishop and we're hopefully going to get him on the podcast this, this semester, but for um, really investing in, in the university space here in the Archdiocese of Melbourne. Um, sister, we, we were throwing around lots of names and mm-hmm. the Archbishop finally settled on JP2 House, which um, he's obviously a great patron for young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what speaks to you most about the life of John Paul II? Oh, goodness. He's just so vibrant and alive and just his love for young people, actually. His whole mission, his entire life was very much linked with with young people, encouraging them, um, guiding them, being close to them, being a friend to them, um, sitting with them, going through their stuff. Um, I think, yeah, he's really, he had a heart for young people. World Youth, they came from him. It's his idea, so... Andrew, you're a bit younger than us. A lot younger than <laughs> some of us. Can can you remember him as Pope? I I remember how much um, everyone else cared about him, um, especially uh, like teachers that I had and um, parishioners. So I I very much remember. I mean, yeah, as a kid, you know, you, you don't really uh, know too much about the outside world, and especially when it comes to the church. But I remember the day that he passed away and just how sad all my teachers were. Mm. It's like, yeah, and these are, you know, teachers who are in Melbourne who just had this really deep connection and love for uh, for the Pope. Um, yeah, I remember hearing that and just and seeing, witnessing, like, my teachers crying during during class and just understanding, it's like, wow, he, he must be someone who is very, very special, not only to the church, but to, to each individual that, that I've seen mourning his death and i think he had this amazing capacity especially for our generation sister that although he was the pope and he was in rome to make you feel really close to him 
And right. I think lots of people um, really did have an emotional attachment to him as their spiritual sort of grandfather. Mm. Okay, yeah, your parish priest might be your spiritual father and the bishop is the father of the local church, but there was a real ability to have an attachment and attraction to him as a person mm. as well as the Holy Father. And um, it surprises me... And saddens me to a certain degree that a whole generation of people don't know him as well as we, I suppose, mm-hmm. got a chance to to know him. And that he was so integral in the lives of so many of us. Mm-hmm. Like, So for myself personally, I did. I got to go to World Youth Day in the year 2000. Um, there was over 2 million young people in Rome with the Holy Father. And by that stage, he was old and frail mm-hmm. and Parkinson's had already set in. But there was something about this man, yeah. this this person that really um, touched my life and really brought me back to the practice of my own faith. Mm. Uh, and I think if you asked any young person, sort of of our generation, um, you <laughs> would hear stories. Actually, in a different one, but that's you're, okay. you're probably <laughs> no, you're just a bit over me. But um, yeah, I think there's lots of people who would who would say um, have very similar stories yeah. about an encounter with him or. Yes. The writing, like obviously um, a prolific writer, uh, a philosopher, a theologian, a, s- a, a deeply spiritual man, like a, saint, a mystic, yeah. <laughs> a <laughs> saint. A mystic. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about that the other day. I was talking with sister, one of our sisters, and we were saying, I think we're not the John Paul II generation just because <laughs> <laughs> there was no internet. Like we didn't have access to him the way that, you know, just a few years down the track – there was so much more access to him. So not only did he go out and travel more than any Pope had ever done before um, to make himself present, but then, boom, the internet dawns and World Youth Day happens and he can really be very close. Um, mm. And there was, we were saying, what's the difference? Well, there was just this clarity. Like all of a sudden you've got this stream of goodness and hope and be not afraid and open wide the doors to Christ, this message just coming into uh, the lives of young people. And, yeah, it just opened out the world, I think. I think for me it was pre-internet as well, though, or just on the cusp of the internet. But it was letters. Yeah. And so quite famously for me it was his his, uh, Palm Sunday letters every year. And I I, I recommend to young people all the time, if you're looking for something to help you grow in the spiritual life, And help you um, work out what it means to be a young Catholic. Just go back and read. There was, I think, there's like 27 years in a row where he wrote a Palm Sunday letter to young people, and they're all there. They're all on the the Vatican website, and you can dip into any one of them and just find this treasury of his spiritual life mm-hmm. uh, and what he calls young people to. Yeah, the main one the starting of that that 1985 where yeah. the is just one of my favorite things i've printed that off and given it to hundreds of young people over the years because he just sits and sits with you and goes through okay you're a young person these are the sorts of things you're living and you're thinking about and it's really proper for you to be doing that let's make sure you're taking those questions to the right person yeah. take them to the lord it's beautiful uh, long, long before, uh, I suppose, Pope Benedict's uh, Made for Greatness, Not for Comfort, which is probably the most popular sort of Catholic T-shirt you see around, um, more recently at least. Oh, um, Andrew has one. Well, have you got one? <laughs> I design my own, yeah. There oh. And they're available at... No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plug. Sponsored uh, by... 
Uh, but was John Paul II's Be the Saints of the Next Millennium? Mm. And like, so I was there the day that he sort of he said that to the young people of the world, and it really stuck with me mm. that this this striving for sanctity each and every day is something that we're all called to. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people um, sort of comment on on John Paul II was this um, that he was a bit of a saint maker. Like throughout his papacy, he he canonized saints like probably faster than any other popes in history. But for him, there was this real importance of helping all of us see the call to sanctity yes. and the call to holiness and that it can be achieved in any walk of life. It can be achieved in in professional fields. It can be achieved in, in uh, marriages. It can be achieved in religious life or priesthood. It, each one of us is called to do it wherever we are mm-hmm. uh, living today. Mm-hmm. It's funny, one of the quotes that, he has a lot of quotes, but the one that sticks in my mind was from the closing of the Holy Doors. I was there in 2000, I think, at the end. Well, it was 2001 by then, right, in January. And uh, he talked about the Beatitudes and how people who contemplate, how the Beatitudes are the face of Christ, or the portrait of Christ. I remember he was saying, Christ changes the faces of those who contemplate him. So by looking at him, gazing on him, you become like him. And oh, that just captivated me. It's beautiful. The house has sort of uh, a mission that was sort of set out by the Archbishop at the beginning of the year, not just for university students, but for the whole church in Melbourne. So um, it's the mission of communion, formation, and then mission. And we were really sort of keen to sort of drive that forward, but also realise that they were all real examples of John Paul II. Mm. that he himself was a man of communion. And you see this time and time again throughout his life, even as a young priest uh, or as a young seminarian, even before the priesthood, where he would bring young people together mm-hmm. and he would he would form these little communities of faith and sort of especially under the, under the communist um, rule in Poland, like this was the thing that helped keep people's faith alive, these small groups. And... They did a whole variety of different things. They put on plays. They they went hiking. Um, they did. It w- it wasn't just sitting around sort of reading. Well, what was the catechism back then? There was probably some kind of. Well, they weren't just discussing theological topics, but they were they were supporting each other to grow in virtue each and every day. And so he he was a man of communion, and we then saw that lived out again through his entire papacy, where he sort of was calling people into the communion of the church. Yeah, and I just even think of his life story. He lost his family young. He lost his sister, he lost his mom, he lost his dad. He lost everybody. And um, so that need for communion, the need for friendship, he really fostered friendships and people were friends with him till the end. You know, he'd have them over for dinner and all that. So uh, I think that a place, this place, as a place to foster friendships and that we need them. It's really important. And university can be a really isolating place, mm. especially if you've come from a smaller school or none of your friends are in the course that you're in and you land at university and you don't know anyone. Mm-hmm. And especially, and we're seeing this on all of our campuses as well as here at the University of Melbourne, but all over the city, that there's a lot less students around. And students generally are coming and going to their classes or going to their tutes and then going home where universities have always been a place where it's been about building relationships. Yes. And that the friendships you make in that in that time at university 
generally last you a lifetime. Mm. So, yeah, we're really hopeful that this be a place where people can build those strong relationships, mm-hmm. build those networks, build those things that we re- really need to help us flourish in in the Christian life, but in, in life more generally. So then obviously it's to be a place of formation, a place of learning. And John Paul II, well, he was a he was an academic, he was a professor, uh, and obviously a great theologian as Pope as well. But we really I I was inspired by him as a young man to learn more about my faith. Mm-hmm. And so we're really hoping that this be a place as well, uh, where students can can learn mm-hmm. about faith, about life. Um, tackle those big questions. Yeah, and he was a big defender of the strong relationship that there is between faith and reason. That we, that our faith is not somehow uh, something we need to deny our reason to have faith. That 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 they are together, and actually, faith opens the horizons to reason that it can't reach by itself. Um, so, yeah, all topics. He wasn't afraid of addressing anything, and I think that's healthy. Even that this place be a good place to have a really good conversation or argument if necessary. Just tease things out over lunch um, I think is really good. And by engaging with those topics here, then being able to go out and engage with them in the world. And I think that that was something that he was always calling calling young people to do was to go back into the world yeah. and get back into your classroom, get back into your into the, the town square. Yeah, like, take, take something back to your tutorial. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's going to be really lots of opportunities of formation here at the house, but also on all of our campuses this semester. So we're really encouraging students um, and young adults from around Melbourne to get involved because there is a lot to learn. Uh, and by learning, we, we grow... Um, in our understanding and our ability to love the Lord. so, mm-hmm. And then the final sort of pillar is mission, and that really builds on what we've just said, and that's that uh, the Archbishop was really keen that we have a place, but that it not become a ghetto, and not become a place where we, we hide our faith, but we come, be nourished, and then we're sent back out. Mm-hmm. And we're sent back out on mission to be the face of Christ in in the universities, in our streets, to the poor, the broken, those who are struggling. So we really um, are looking forward to opportunities this year for um, sending students out from here mm-hmm. in a whole variety of ways because it's just that reminder for each one of us about the Christian life that it's mm-hmm. it's not something to be – it's not a light under a bushel. But we put it on the lampstand. It's, it's to shine for, for all to see. So mm-hmm. we're really hoping that this becomes – a place of of sending out yeah. and of of a real missionary sort of outlook. One of the other things that I um, is really exciting here for the students here in particular is that they're going to have access to a chapel, and it's, it's it's little and it's small and it's intimate, but it's it's pretty beautiful. Um, Andrew, how's your back going after moving <laughs> moving all those pews? You, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to be moving them anytime soon. And um, please yeah. fill them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We we did all this hard work just so then they can be filled. So please um, come enjoy the hard work, but especially, um, yeah, come and sit, come and sit with the Lord because it's it is yeah, like you were saying, it is a beautiful space. It doesn't feel like it's this uh, this random room that's been multi-purpose and you know we're just trying to make it a holy space. But it's it's been very intentional with you know it's going to feel like a, a chapel that is 
specifically yours as a, as a uni student. So, yep. And yeah. we gave the Archbishop a number of choices for the dedication of the chapel as saints or um, various, various titles. And uh, the Archbishop almost instantaneously said, I want it to be Martyr Ecclesia, Mother of the Church. Mm. So uh, we haven't got an image of Mother of the Church in there yet, but it is going to be the Mother of the Church chapel. So real... Um, Tying and uh, there's some great links to John Paul II in it, in its own self because he was a, a deeply Marian man had a great devotion to her, uh, but also a tying to the mission that we as members of the church today we have this heavenly intercessor, mm-hmm. and she's there interceding for each one of us um, in our own journey to to sanctity. There's a lovely story that after a gathering with university students in St Peter's Square, that one of them came to. John Paul II, and said, um, Holy Father, of all the saints, and if you've been to St. Peter's Square, there's there's statues of all the apostles and all the great saints sort of that um, that are around the colonna- colonnades of, of St. Peter's Square. And the student said to the Holy Father, Holy Father, of all the great saints, there is not one image of Our Lady in the square. And John Paul II then commissioned this beautiful icon of Martyr Ecclesia, Mother of the Church, and it now stands... Um, and takes pride of place in the square of Mary sort of overlooking the church. Mm-hmm. And it's got his his papal motto under the bottom, totus tuus, mm-hmm. um, which of course means like I'm, I'm all yours, I'm totally yours. So we give ourselves to Mary uh, just like she gave herself to her son and through Mary to her son. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. There's plenty of other stuff going on. There is. <laughs> <laughs> we can't even get it all out. We can't even get it all out. Well, no, but can you um, tell we're excited? <laughs> we, we're very excited, and obviously, the other really exciting thing here in Melbourne in the next couple of weeks is that we're having a big winter fiesta at St Patrick's Cathedral with the Archbishop. So Thursday, the fourth of August, um, we're really excited because, really, for the first time since a lot of young people went to ACYF, yeah. which was at the end of twenty nineteen. Um, we're actually able to get young people together again, and we've done we've done small things, and we've done in, invite only things, and it's really been nice over the last couple of months to see the the um, the young people of Melbourne sort of starting to get back together at things like theology, the pub, and six thirty holy hour. Yeah, but the archbishop's pulled the pin, and he's like, okay, let's let's get together. Mm. So we're we're trying to get um, a really great group. So this year, the cathedral cells celebrates one hundred twenty five years of its dedication and 175 years of the Archdiocese. So we're getting together at our cathedral for uh, a night of prayer, a night of music, a night of silence and confession and adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, and then for a party. Then for a fiesta. <laughs> so, <laughs> In um, a marquee, I hear. Yeah, mar- marquee event, literally. Wow. Like So outside, plenty of heaters, because we know it's going to be freezing cold. It's Melbourne in winter. Great food, um, some li- great live musicians, just a really hopefully joyful occasion nice. um, to celebrate what it means to be a young Catholic. Uh, so Awesome. And for the Archbishop to launch for us our pilgrimages to World Youth Day. Ta-da. So if you, if you hear it here first, like <laughs> get in early because... Mm. It's going to be a great trip. It's going three great trips. Three great trips. I don't know how you much I only do one. At you can only do one at a time. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about where we're going, but really? oh. uh, yeah, because it's not confirmed. Steal the thunder. But yeah, no. 
Come to the Archbishop's launch. I'll tell you what he's going to say. But if you haven't been overseas yet, this is the time. This is the time. Yeah, basically anywhere you would want to go as yeah. a Catholic person, yeah, we're well, going there. Even as a secular person. True. It's like there's some pretty good locations on offer on one of the three pilgrimages. So if you're if you're a uni student, you haven't had a gap year, it's been COVID, get your passport. Like go, because mm-hmm. we know that passports are taking like oh, yeah, six months now. at the moment Quick. or something. Put it in now because start saving. It's it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And by the 4th of August, we'll be able to tell you exactly how great. But <laughs> we're just working on the very last details of which which pilgrimages and what's going to be available. But the, from what I've seen, um, yeah, yeah I'm very excited. excited. Very excited. I will do, here we go, podcast exclusive. There will be a $500 um, door prize on offer on the 4th of August. So if you come on the 4th of August, uh, one lucky participant will get $500 off uh, whichever pilgrimage they decide to go on for World Youth Day. Nice. um, I like that. But yeah, otherwise it's just going to be a great night. And if even if if World Youth Day is not on your agenda, come Mm. to the Fiesta anyway because we just want to – it'll be really good to get together. Yeah, of course. Like what an exciting time after – especially here in the Melbourne – Archdiocese, like when when was the last time that we all gathered together and just yeah and, and have a time to celebrate just how big our archdiocese is, how diverse all of us are, um, yeah. And so it's like this is this is it. You've been waiting for such a long time. You've had to do it by yourself or with your own local parish group for such a long time. It's like no, let's let's have a space to to just be together as as one big church. It's true, and it, you know, in the last few months, we've met with different regional groups. Mm. We've met actually a few hundred people, and yeah. I was like, "Wow, there's stuff really You're going on." You're out there now. We're going <laughs> to bring you in. Yeah, let's go, come meet each other because we went out to you, but you all haven't seen each other. Mm. Yeah, and we want we want to representatives from all of our campuses, all of our parishes, all of our regions, schools, schools. Uh, it's it's going to be huge, mm. and the other exclusive. Oh gosh, she's so many exclusives. So much to say. As long as his wife isn't having a baby, (laughs) (laughs) your MC for the night is gonna be (laughs) is gonna be Catholic Andy. So if you want to if you want to see the voice of the podcast in person, you want to hear that those dulcet tones from all of our ad breaks. Isn't she Um, due on the fifth? (laughs) (laughs) The the night before. Okay, well maybe we need to relook at that. Um, but but yeah, our whole team's going to be there. The archbishop's going to be there. Uh, there's priests and religious from across the diocese. So we are just, yeah, really looking forward to a, a great night. So uh, make sure you can join us on the 4th of August. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe. We hope to see you on and around campus. The You Disciple Podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.